1: I will, will share with you my one rage
0: quit story. Yeah, I'm a robot and I don't have a solo press now eight. This is gonna be a really great opportunity for everybody to see how you effed up. Welcome back, Rage Nation. We got a special episode. This one's getting out real quick after the last one. Uh, I recorded with Mike Klein, but we got another guest on because I think Chris is uh Chris is maybe dead in his ice shack that he uh, that he's trying to run, but We got uh, Bill Anderson from the old Virginia to come join us on the show.
1: So are you really trusting Chris with an ice pick?
0: (laughs) I mean, (laughs)
1: he's a grown man. Yeah, but I mean, he's like Captain Angry.
0: Okay, I mean, that's where he gets some of his anger out, Bill.
1: Well, uh, okay, that's not necessarily the most positive thing, say investigators on the 9 o'clock news.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's just hopefully he can uh, stay alive because we're going to be talking about the the new spring fling coming out in 2020 here, we and are. we're just going to talk about how it's, uh, how it's looking this year, some of the things we can expect, uh, some of the things we've come to love and some things that you're adding on to it because really you are kind of turning this thing into just like a beast of a convention like i mean i'm sure you're going to speak about it here but you really do have like this awesome kind of like vision quest going for spring fling
1: i am doing everything i can i uh we we took the first steps last year i'm hoping faced some of the biggest hurdles of of a first year and now we get to do the first year all over again so, yeah. So, uh so yeah, no, I'm I'm super excited and I'm really happy, you know, to be able to come come on to a number of the podcasts, especially the Guild Ball podcast, since there is this weird rumbling out there that bill doesn't care about guild ball anymore. And I get it <laughs> like, you know, my guild ball podcast died. I'm only doing my board game podcast now. Uh, you know,
0: why don't you plug that real quick? Cause I don't have that one on my feed.
1: Oh yeah. So the gamers lounge, uh, it's actually the podcast that I, God, I don't even know how long I've been doing it now. I want to say over 10 years. Nice. Um. So it's been, lots of ups and downs. It's the first podcast that I started hosting on. Uh, so the people that know me, I mean, most of your listeners are going to know me from Guild Ball tonight. Yeah. Um, but uh, Gamers Lounge goes goes way back. So it started, if you think back in the days, if, if you're anybody either in your audience or, or you who were into gaming podcasts, like miniature gaming podcasts. Yep. There was the D6 generation, there was World's End Radio, and there was 40K Radio. And those were sort of the three big ones that came out early on after sort of RPGs and, um, you know, a couple of the others uh, kind of grew out and, and gaming podcasts started. I got into the game early, like in when those episodes were still in, like episode 20 and 30. And uh, gamers lounge been running the whole time. Uh, we're one hundred and fifty, almost one hundred and sixty episodes in, and that's uh, multiple hosts. Is
0: that the uh, podcast I've heard a couple times where you do like the uh, where you are driving in the car and you are talking about different things?
1: I we have done that. yeah. we've we've done <laughs> the, the car recordings. Uh, I think it's funny the Australians think they invented carball, and uh, yeah, that's cute. <laughs> and really, gamers lounge for the past year uh mostly this year which is when we've been back very steady has been board game reviews so i have a couple of games my wife may say you know over 100 i have a couple of games on on bookshelves and there's a lot of podcasts out there that do the newest hottest game Mm -hmm. Uh, i'm not immune to that i've done my tapestry review and a couple of others But I also committed to start working through just the games that I have on my bookshelf. Nice. Uh, You know, gets me playing them. It gets a group, uh, different people from different gaming groups I'm in, uh, in to talk on the podcast and come in, do a review and and talk about what we like, what we don't like. Um, So
0: how does that kind of relate to where you're kind of seeing spring fling go bill like what what's kind of your your vision now that you're kind of expanding just not just guild ball but expanding to other games as well
1: so i am look i'm never gonna i'm never going to forget the legacy that guild ball has brought to the spring fling it started as a 16 person guild ball tournament um i love uh the upcoming redesign of the spring spring fling website uh I I really got a good kick out of uh, um, the new web designer put in there uh, a a guy, a box of donuts and an idea for a brand new (laughs) tournament for a game. Uh, So, you know, that's where we started. Uh, But as we've grown, we hit 64 people two years in a row. Well, almost hit 64 people two years in a row, but sold out the tickets for 64. Uh, As I've continued to get pressure to go bigger, Right? I get Perkins bugging me yearly saying, are you going to go to 96? Are you going to go to 128? Are you going <laughs> to Um, you know, We have the people. So I love gaming as a whole. And there's a lot of games that are smaller. Some people play them as their secondary games. Some people still play them as their primary game. Guild Ball is one of those games. But things like A Song of Ice and Fire. And Ethereum, which is a miniatures on a board board game, Moonstone, which is just getting its start. I, I don't know if you remember Wrath of Kings when it came out, although oh, I yeah. think that's completely dead, right? Yeah. Uh, I think Infinity. So. Infinity. There's a whole scene of people that play Infinity as their primary game, and then even a larger group that play it as their secondary game. Um, there's all these cool competitive tabletop miniature games. Then there's the space that I have really fallen in love with over the last several years, which is miniatures on a board games, right? So kingdom death monster, uh, rising sun, blood rage, uh, you know, just these fantastic, awesome miniatures out on a board. A lot of it's territory control, but sometimes it's else, you know, otherwise, uh, that, are also really popular and they fit in that niche. I know a lot of tabletop miniature gamers who play those games too. And then there's this massive other world of board games. And these are your quote unquote Ameritrash and your Euro game. <laughs> you know, the hotness of Stonemaier games and the hotness of Brotherwise games with uh, boss monster and, and, um, you know it's just this this incredible industry of incredibly innovative board games so i wanted to tap all of that for a solid local convention yeah uh, there's there's another uh, a number of other conventions up and down the east coast like you can go to PAX U, and it's just board games and it's kind of hard to get anything else. Captain Con, which started as a War Machine and Hordes tournament, and has grown, so you can get your guild ball and your board games and everything there. But it's still a pretty heavy War Machine and Hordes scene. Uh, Nova Open, which is all about the 40k. You know, a little bit, of, a little bit of Malifaux, a little bit of other things, but it's all about the 40k is their primary thing. People can go get those games. I want to be. I, I want to provide a venue for those other games. Yeah. So, and then there's a whole other side of it, which is I'm a business. hey, I, I think you and I have talked about this before. I'm a, I'm a businessman by trade, right? I, I, I'm, I'm an IT consulting manager. I'm a, a executive manager at, at the company I work at. And I get it. Like I deal with sales all day. I deal with delivery management and trying to get consulting projects out the door in any industry there is a ton of area where people have their hands out saying, gimme, gimme, gimme. And <laughs> I have never seen that more prevalent than in gaming. Oh, yeah. Right? And there's, there's a ton of, please give me prize support. We'll pay for it. Uh, can I get discounts? Uh, please, you know, come out and, you know, come out and give me stuff to give away. Give me, you know, fill my swag bag. Uh, please oh, yeah. give me raffles for my charity thing. So, you know, I, I do have all of those events. I think that's important to get players involved because everybody likes prizes and free stuff. But it needs to be weighed against bringing value to the companies because a lot of people don't think about the fact these gaming companies are not big companies. Most of them. Right? Right. I, well, look, even the biggest companies, I have deals at the company I work at that are the size of a Games Workshop. And that's one yeah. of the big boys on the block. Oh, yeah. Right? Never mind you go to a Steamforge. You know, everybody's talking about the the 5 million pounds Steamforge got in their investment. I know peers of mine, as well as through the years when I've done very well, that are closing single deals at $5 million. Oh, yeah. We, we, we need to remember... As organizers, and I I don't think there's as much of this as there should be, people like me who are organizing events, especially when we get to the convention side, I want to balance it and put a breath of fresh air out there to the guys that are working their asses off, developing and creating these games, and help bring value to them. So it's really bringing those two things together. Get the players out there having an absolutely fantastic time. Get them exposed to something new. And then get them spending their little bits of money, so that all that little bit of money adds up. And these vendors are able to really profit from the marketing they're putting into conventions. Nice.
0: Looking at the what you're doing with Spring Fling is so like if I if I had my own like game that I had or my own you know gaming company and I and like if I still wanted to get involved in Spring Fling. Are you still taking vendors at this moment for this year coming up?
1: Am I still? Yes. And, <laughs> uh, and they are partners. So I, um, it's funny. Uh, there's been a couple of key conversations and this just tells you how SpringFling is is been developing, right? So I changed jobs, uh, moved to a bigger company, different compensation plan and everything back in June. And beginning of July is normally when I start doing sort of the, Sketching things out on napkins with pencils, planning. And uh, I hit July and was like, oh crap, I haven't even been at my new job long enough to know like my compensation and everything and how, like, I know what the numbers are supposed to be, but I haven't seen it play out yet. Yeah. So, on top of that, in July and August was when I was keeping a very close eye on Second Wind, which was also the US Nats. And you know, 84 people, wait list uh, Wait list was like 10 or 15 people long. I mean, Vince and Pat were doing an incredible job organizing that. And I was watching going, okay, whew, all the things I've been worried about about Guild Ball, maybe they're not going to come true. And then we went through August and September, and I started to watch the numbers drop. And I started to go, uh-oh, um, if I'm going to go this year with the Spring Fling and go to the convention I want... I have to get out of the store. Yeah. I got to move out to a hotel or convention center space. There's all this thinking about how to make things good, fun, easy for the attendees and for the companies, right? The vendors who are partnering with me. Oh shit. Like I'm looking at all this going in the first year, everybody's, everybody said, and trust me, it's true. I'm seeing it the first year you step out and actually step up to coordinate and run a big convention you will lose money no matter how yeah. wh- how much homework you've done you're going to lose you're going to come out of pocket with some money i'm kind of ready for all that and my wife and i start talking and she's like are we doing this this year and i'm like i don't know let me sort of do the groundwork. And I just don't know. Um, September rolled around, you know, Labor Day came in and I was like, you know what? I, my wife and I sat down, we mapped out the numbers. We mapped out the checks I had gotten since, since June. We mapped out my bonuses because I got to see my first bonus at that point. And I'm like, you know what? I just need you to commit that you support me on this. And she's like, wife looks at me deer in the headlights and went, do I have to run something? And I'm like, no, no, no. But this number here, you have to be okay with it disappearing. And she was like, oh, yeah. Oh, I support you on that. Let's do this. So that's when I, like, kicked it into heavy, you know, really kicked in getting the hotel, doing the space and everything else. And uh, we're there.
0: Yeah, I think that was one of the things. Like, you always do a good job of getting feedback after the tournaments. And uh, that was one of the things I know that some of us mentioned is we're like, if we're going to continue on with the board gaming stuff, it, it needs to be separate from a store because there the, the store, Huzzah is awesome. Like, Huzzah is one of the best gaming stores I've been to. But, oh, and it's huge. Yeah. But the problem is, you know, you're still running in the weekend with, you know, their magic crowd and then some of their yep. other gaming crowd. So that was definitely one thing where we're like, yeah, I mean, that's a great idea, but it definitely feels like it needs to be at some kind of convention hall or something.
1: And not just that, but hours, right? The store is still limited by their insurance and by hours and everything.
0: Well, plus I would love, like, after the Guild Ball tournament, like, I would have loved, like, we went back to the hotel and played games till, like, 2 o'clock in the morning. But I would have loved to just do that where we were at Huzzah Hobbies. Like, that would have been great just to sit there with everybody and just be like, yeah, let's keep
1: gaming. So check this out. Check this out. You ready? You ready for the news? I'm ready for it. Okay. So I went through five different hotels. Now I ended up at, (laughs) I ended up at my first choice, which took a little while to get to because the event coordinator had departed at the same time I started making my requests. So I had to wait for the new event coordinator to come in. The Washington Dulles airport Marriott. Is where the spring fling is going to be this year. Now right
0: next to the airport, that's pretty cool.
1: It literally airport, metro station, one set of office buildings, hotel. <laughs> the, the coolest thing about this, I mean, it is on airport property. Coolest thing about this, every hotel that's put on an airport property, they go extra thick windows, lots of lots of noise cancellation in the walls, insulation, and everything else. Because You know, people won't be able to sleep otherwise. (laughs) Because airports are loud. (laughs) (laughs) Because airports are loud. However, the loudest part of an airport is when a plane lands or takes off right over the roof of your building. The runways at Dulles go north and south. The airport is east of the airport. Oh, nice. So there's no direct flight paths over the top of the hotel. And it has all of that insulation and sound cancellation. Nice. So we go in. We're, we, when we finally kind of settled in there, we're doing all the tours. I'm, I'm walking around with the coordinator, and she walks me into this room called the Dulles View Room. Right, I, I explained to her what the Spring Fling is, what a gaming convention is, uh, that we are not chess. That's what That was her closest correlation. And
0: (laughs) she's going to be surprised
1: so she and, and I don't know how well you can picture square footage it's a little hard for me but this is the fun part so I'm like listen We need space for about 200 people and it's going to be a little odd. I need long tables. None of your normal table layouts are going to work quite right. And she's like, okay, I get it. So she gets the guy who is the wizard of space and time. I think he's like Dr. Who (laughs) and uh, brings him and she's like, this is the guy you're going to work with. He's going to help you do the layouts, but let's go look at some rooms. So I explained to him what we're looking at. They walk us in this room. The room is on the main floor of the hotel. It's right next to the concierge lounge, which is right off the lobby bar and restaurant area. Yeah. And it's called the Dulles view room. Half of the room is floor to ceiling windows, looking out over the parking lot and gardens that are out in front of the hotel. And it's a 1800 square foot room, which means in your normal reception Right? So, so if you set it up for a banquet with the big round yeah. banquet tables, it seats 120 people. Oh, wow. And she's like, what do you think about this? And I look at my wife, I look at her, and I'm like, this isn't going to work. A Beautiful room. I don't think it's going to work. She's like, why not? I'm like, so I don't think you're quite wrapping your head around what I mean by gamers. Because with these half-room windows open all day, in the first weekend of may this room's going to get a little funky oh yeah so she turns and smiles she goes oh well if it's the light you're worried about and she hits a button floor-to-ceiling blackout curtains close oh wow (laughs) (laughs) and i'm like okay (laughs) it's like so this is what you're looking at she's like well you know i'm like but i'm still not sure it's gonna quite get there we're gonna have to do some juggling she's like well i want to show you a couple more things and she takes me downstairs, right? There's a, there's a second level. We go downstairs and there's two other rooms, both a little bit over 1200 square feet. So that's about 80 people each in a banquet setting. Uh, one of them is actually split 60, 40 has like a sliding wall that can close off 40% of the room has their own doors and everything. Oh, nice. and, and I'm looking and I'm like, you know what? These two together are perfect. So when I end up getting the quote and everything gets worked out, they work me in and they're like, number one for 2020, here's the price. We're going to give you all three rooms. Oh, sweet. And I was like, oh, oh, damn. (laughs) Oh, damn. (laughs) Okay. So we got space. We got space. We got a good hotel. Then she says to me, "I I am willing to do two more things for you. I am willing to lock in some rates for you. And I am willing to lock in the rate for expansion to the ballrooms. They have expanded just like any ballroom, right? It's five salons, all sliding doors that open up in this big, massive ballroom. Yeah. Uh, The grand ballroom as a whole is 6,000 square feet. That's a little over, it's almost 500 people. Yeah. Can be accommodated in, in the full space. Yeah. So per salon, she said, if I was willing to, because we had talked about spring flings going forward, if we signed up for three years, 2020, 2021, 2022, she would lock in pricing now for any expansion to any of the other rooms in the hotel, including the ballroom. Nice. So the spring fling is currently committed for the next three years. There we go. So anybody that was worried about it going away, there is not a concern at that point. As long as people want to keep coming and they keep having fun, we're having the spring fling until 2022.
0: With with those spaces then, uh, so is the convention side of this going to be like connected to the hotel side? Like I could just walk down from my room and and go get a game.
1: Yep. In fact, It's not even a convention center and the hotel separately. It's all one big building. Oh, nice. So it's got like this ballroom space and meeting rooms and everything else, but it's all in the hotel. So it's not even like you're going across a sky bridge or anything else.
0: Now, Bill, I went to steam con when it was in Nashville and, you're sounding a little pricey there. Is this going to be like a Nashville Steam Con or am I going to well, save a little bit of money here?
1: So uh, you remember last year, I pointed everybody to the um, Spring Hill Suites, which is by Marriott as well. But it's one of the it's one of the commuter properties, business properties, right?
0: And and they're great because the rooms that they provided for us the last couple of years
1: were amazing. Like you can fit a lot of people in them. I, and I'm glad you said that, right? I, I agree. I love the Spring Hill Suites. I stay there when I travel for business. And I was very happy to use the Spring Hill Suites, but their rates were coming in at about $125, $126 a night, which isn't bad. Yeah, in fact, bad. that's a that's a decent discount. I think some of the some of the rooms might have been one $140, but it was one it was in the 120s to 130s. Um Definitely. keep in mind this is a full blown Marriott. It's uh, it's considered a class up from the Spring Hill Suites, so just as warning, one hundred and nineteen dollars a night. Uh,
0: so what you're telling me is I'm gonna be at the same price and it's gonna be nicer.
1: Well, I'm pretty sure that's cheaper, sir. I did the math. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll be right. And you will be right there.
0: Well, I was gonna say that that's awesome though because you know some of us guild ballers we like to you know down some brew or drink you know while we're having some fun and. I don't like walking alongside a highway back to my
1: hotel room <laughs> and and that is another great point. Um, so I'm still working out trying to get shuttles and everything, but for the people that bring their family. Uh-huh. the metro station, which is our commuter train, yeah, that runs on weekends, will be extended to the airport and be open, which means, family can jump on a Metro and take it to Tyson's corner where our big malls are in Virginia and actually all the way into DC for sightseeing. That's awesome. And it's, it's walking distance.
0: Yeah. That's, that's pretty amazing. I mean, I was expecting you to be like, well, it's not, you know, SteamCon prices, but it's like $180 a night. And that would (laughs) have been like, you know, I'd be, I'd be willing to pay that for, you know, um, an upgrade, but. Yeah, I mean, if it's a little bit cheaper, that's that's awesome.
1: Now, the one thing I will ask is: this year, it's even more important. Uh, it it helps the convention out as a whole for people who, and let you know, I get it. Some people want to do their own points, so they they're coming in on points and stuff. But if you are looking at paying somewhere, I think this is the best pricing. It's it's the best pricing I was able to get. Marriott is very interested in having us there and the more people that fill up rooms at the hotel that weekend the better off and the more it helps us not just this year but for the next three years nice so stay at the hotel if you can I I really am urging that well Um, anybody that
0: hasn't been to a big convention I I mean I recommend staying on site anyways because um, yeah just because you have fun you get to hang out later at night you know you get to hang with people that you don't get to see, but like once a year and you just get to get more games in. Whereas, you know, if I, it gets dark and it's like, okay, well, I got to get back to the hotel and, you know, I don't know my way around. So I want to get there early. And plus like last year, I mean, you know, our good friend, Joe, who's, you know, kind of, he's not handicapped, but you know, he definitely has some mobile issues and the hotel being on site is just awesome because he can just go, you know, I, I, I'm really hurting here. I'm going to go back to the room and you can just go back to the room.
1: Exactly. So here's another nice thing about the hotel. So as I'm filling out the contract and I'm working with the people, I'm like, uh, so, Hey, um, you have these hours in here. They're like, yep. I was like, you know, they were like, we have to put these in the contract. So uh, setup set up this year is going to start at one o'clock on Friday. Uh, we should actually have things set up and be, be able to have people start playing games by three o'clock on Friday. And uh, as we're going through, I kind of kind of looked, and they have, you know, um, I think they put like 10 o'clock p.m. the the doors, the the rooms shut, um, the gaming room shut down uh, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night. I was like, huh. Yeah. Oh, so, can we do something about that? And she's like, Well, it's not a hard number, but we have to put a number in here what if I put midnight and we just turn a blind eye to anybody afterwards that's still playing games? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we are officially, officially, if if any lawyers or whatnot ask, we're going to have to close down at midnight. So we're going to be running from 8 in the morning until midnight uh, so, for mean, access to the rooms.
0: <laughs> I've been in, like, that was actually kind of like SteamCon in Nashville where, you know, technically the ballroom that or not the ballroom, but you know, the room we were in is should have been closed, but it actually stayed up, stayed open like 24 seven while we were there. Exactly.
1: Now I am not, I do not have the staff this year to staff things. So there are certain things that will get closed away. Like the vendor room, oh, yeah. vendor room is going to close. Oh yeah. Um, there's a lot of reasons for that, and I've actually talked to several of the uh, of the people, uh, the vendors who respond are partnering with SpringFling, and there's actually a really good, compelling reason for our vendor rooms to close. Uh, so we're going to pick a good time. Uh, it's not going to be killing people. We're going to work, you know, tournament schedules around it so people have time to shop. Yeah. Um, I don't have the staff to run the play and win library twenty four seven. But as long as one of my staff is willing to sit there and work the computer, I'm not telling them to go to bed.
0: <laughs> yeah, all I,
1: all it, I ask know. is when they do go to bed, they get all the games back back on the shelves and, and locked away.
0: Now, for us uh, <laughs> for us grown folks, Bill, is, is there drinking on the premises?
1: There most certainly is. All right. There all most right. certainly is um, Marriott. Of course, asked that you that you purchase from their bar, but there is drinking on the premises. Okay. Uh, there is multiple breweries within less than a ten minute Uber drive, and not only have I uh, secured in the contract the rights for the uh, donut food truck, but <laughs> as uh, always,
0: a, a bill staple
1: exactly. Um, and I'm really hoping so. I Fractured Prune, actually, they were the people, if you remember the donuts last year that got brought in because the truck got stuck. Oh, yeah. So when they brought in that, whatever it was, 17 dozen, 18 dozen donuts, um, they moved back to just their food truck. They actually shut down their storefront, uh, but I'm already reaching out to them and, and things are looking good that they will be there. Nice. But I've also started feeling out about possibly a good little lunch food truck of the similar bill quality as the donuts sweet. So uh you know things are looking positive.
0: A, you said they had like a they have drinks at the hotel but is there do they have restaurants there too or no that's
1: So it's it is the Marriott restaurant. It's not a separate restaurant. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, All
0: right. Well, so, I mean, it sounds like the, the site is going to be awesome, but let's talk some about like some of the games that at least you have planned as of now, we know of course, guild ball, and that's going to be a solid event as usual, just because people like to travel. I mean, DC is a good central location. It's a good airport hub. Obviously the airport's right there. So, I mean, it's going to be a good tournament. So we know guild ball is going to be there. and, I know you were, we were talking that you were a little worried about attendance, but, I mean, me being a ball player, I wouldn't be, like, worried that you're not going to get a good tournament in.
1: So this is where I'm at right now. Um, I am going to... Tickets are going to be done a bit different this year. And, and it's one of the reasons the website has been delayed. So people looking even uh, depending on when your podcast comes out, um, we're recording Friday night and uh, anybody looking tonight or this weekend is still going to see the old website and I get yeah. it. It was sufficient, but not fantastic. Yeah, a, a new website has been in the works. One of the things I want to do is I want to do a flat convention ticket. Like last year got a little confusing with all the different things. So the only Separate piece I want this year is the developer dinner. And that's because that's a little harder. There's just so much extra cost around that dinner because it's such a it's a small private dinner, you know, it's only a limited number, you know, 15, 20 tickets. Um, but everything else I wanted on a single ticket. And of course, that brought up in the past it was always easy because when I sold a guild ball ticket. If somebody bought a Guild Ball ticket, I knew what they were signing up for. I could slot their names in and everything else. Now, one convention ticket rules them all. You can go to anything you want. However, I still like Guild Ball. There's a limited number of spaces. Now, I can go pretty broad. As as I said, I got the room to expand. I'm going to start uh, the Guild Ball tournament at 64. If we fill 64 fast enough... I am going to up the increment Uh, right now. I'm thinking I'm probably going to up at 10 at a time.
0: Yeah, that makes sense.
1: Right. And, and see where we go. Um, I would love to see a 96 person guild ball tournament. But again, if us Nats, which had a ticket to go to worlds, couldn't pull it. I worry about our community in the U S and the, the interest level after what has been a really hard 2019.
0: Yeah, and I like I said, I I think that if you sign up for Guild Ball, you'll get a good tournament. Like I think the smallest I could see that tournament going um, that you're running, Bill. Like I I I'd, I'd say the smallest I would put in my head is somewhere around forty, um, just because I know there's enough strong communities out there that will bring like you know three to ten players depending on the weekend, right? But um, yeah, it's definitely one of those things where there's a lot of people playing a lot of different games, and and that's fine. I mean, that's that's just kind of why you've decided to open it up. Like you still you're doing the Guild Ball tournament, and it's going to have a good showing. But hey, there's these other games too.
1: Now here's the thing, and in keep in mind the event. I was talking about getting the the website up. So there will be ways to reserve your spot for any of the events. And I'm getting the event list together currently with my web developer and the game masters that are running multiple different events so that there's a lot to choose from when we finally launch the website. So
0: off of that bill, you said it's just one ticket. So do I, so you're not going to charge extra? Like if I want to sign up for one or two different like events or tournaments.
1: So you buy your ticket and you reserve your spots and i will the big thing there's a little bit of work on me and my staff let's say you sign up for guild ball which is most of the day saturday and a little bit on sunday yeah and you sign up for four sessions of kingdom death monster all day saturday well i'm gonna reach out to you or one of my staff is gonna reach out and be like hey dude do you know that you are cloning yourself and should i sell you another ticket or did you mistype? Yeah. you know what you're doing here yeah um, because we don't want to I, I don't want people just wildly signing up for things and then filling events that people yeah. are that others are going to be interested in. and then and then you don't show up exactly however that's exactly how it should work you go in you select the events you want to do there's no upcharge for those with the with the one exception of the developers dinner and you play as much as possible now that's the other thing I haven't – Guild Ball, we're still focused on all the coordination around making the Spring Fling Guild Ball competitive event the best it can be and looking at the scheduling now that we can play with scheduling a little bit. Mm -hmm. But I know that my Game Masters and other people out there have run a whole lot of cool small Guild Ball events and not only do we have the space, we now have the time – yeah. So Friday night is open. And there's going to be other points like late Saturday and I'm not even gonna screw a Sunday. Sunday is such a question mark right now. Yeah. But um you know, there there is there is time to do other things. So if somebody wants to come do a whole guild ball weekend, I am hoping, no guarantee yet, but I am hoping to have events for them to play the whole time. But yeah you heard me mention Kingdom Death Monster. Oh yeah. I have Pretty a game. Game. Great yeah. game game master locally. will be running a dedicated weekend campaign. Now I'm excited to find out cause I'm also a fan of kingdom death monster. And I play, I'm not sure yet how the campaign, how he's running the campaign over the weekend, but I know he has done this for one of the small local conventions called Congress of gamers. And he did it at the Nova open this year. And he is super excited about taking it. kind of customizing it for the spring fling and rolling it out. And the other nice thing on that is another friend of mine has a full, the full original set of painted models. So imagine sitting down with those amazing kingdom death models, fully painted.
0: That that's beautiful. That's what that is.
1: And the goal is that you will be able to come in and out. So you can sit down, and play a session. You're not dedicated to living out the full, you know, 22 year growth of the campaign or whatever. Uh, there's supposed to be an ability to come in and out. I just don't have all the details for that yet.
0: Bill, let me ask you this. So, if I wanted to, here's kind of what I envision my weekend looking like. So, if I wanted to play in the Guild Ball tournament, I can do that during those tournament hours. If I could get a chance to play maybe like an evening of either Twilight Imperium or like Axes and Allies, I could do that. And then if somebody ran like a side event of like a Song of Ice and Fire, maybe I could, maybe somebody would run that like on a, maybe a Sunday or Friday night. And that's something that I could fit in that whole weekend.
1: Not just all that, but that at some point I am hoping you go wander through the vendor room.
0: Oh, what, what is the one room?
1: The vendor room, which is oh. where the partnering companies that uh, the companies that are partnering with us are going to be having retail uh, to be able to sell their stuff and do demos and go through the demo space. Ugh. Now,
0: there you remember, are some sweet new games coming out looking at that crisis protocol, uh, protocol crisis, whatever it's called.
1: Crisis protocol. If you're yeah, on the board one. game side, there's uh, I can tell you right now. I already have a copy of Wingspan and I already have a copy of Tapestry. Oh. Both nice. both in both in the game library. So you remember Chris last year had I, I mean, I know this is shocking, but he had a I won't call it a complaint, but but a concern. Yeah. He was confused. He thought that as long as he played any games, he got entered into the play and win. Oh yeah. Well, here's the thing about play and win. That's not how it works. You, you get you get entered into the games you play. So yeah. if you you know if like last year, Boss Monster was in play and win. If you played Boss Monster, for every time you played it, your name got entered into the drawing for Boss Monster. But now that we look at potentially overnight playing, now now that we look at let's say Friday night you roll in and at four o'clock you've met with a bunch of people, you've all hung out, you've grabbed, you've grabbed some drinks and you're like, let's check out this plan win game. That's exactly how that works. And now you're in the drawing for that game.
0: Yeah. Because those of you that weren't there last year, like the guild ball tournament swag was good. Like the swag bags were awesome the people that placed in the trophies for like best in guild were all amazing. But I tell you what, those board gamers got a crap ton of awesome stuff. Like we were looking at it, like where was all this office awesome
1: stuff? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, they, I, 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 I was incredibly pleased with how play and win worked last year. And it, it can only, I don't have the full inventory yet, but I got to imagine everything else has gotten bigger.
0: Yeah, I mean, and, and now you have the space to kind of organize it into, because like I said, it, it was just because we took up the entire gaming table area. And then we had a few because you, lo- you actually lost some space because Magic decided to do a pre- pre-release, I think. Exactly. So you lost space and you had to cram into a smaller space and it was hard to kind of navigate where everything is. So the fact that you have so much more space now is just amazing.
1: So, and I will say this, looking at my list, which uh, I can't talk about the full list yet, but uh, not only are there returning companies, but I'm looking at a couple of names on here that are brand new who have already committed to contribute to the play and win. They haven't, they haven't committed to coming out yet. Um, now, but they at least send you stuff. They're, they're at least going to send stuff for the play and win. Now I am. In conversations with a really cool uh, it's it's so hard because you know how much I love just letting spoilers out of the bag. Oh yeah, uh, I'm in I'm in conversations with a incredible game designer for a really cool game whose Kickstarter recently completed that takes all the best things of free form role playing. And non-miniature specific. You know how you can play Frostgrave? Yeah. With any miniatures you like? Oh, yeah. Imagine being able to play, I don't know, A Song of Ice and Fire that way. (laughs) That'd be cool. Or Age of Sigmar that way. Or any number of uh, fantasy-based games, uh, non-miniature specific, and be able to tweak some of the rules that you find not balancing within the context of the game. Nice. There is no commitment yet, but there is a lot of discussion that has gone on this week with somebody that may have that type of system who may be coming out to uh, premiere it and the next set of expansions, expansions at the spring fling. Nice. So, uh, so I am, I am doing everything I can to blow this up this year.
0: Yeah. And it's just one of those things where we were talking earlier and it sounds like you got enough space where like if I wanted to run, like I said, if I wanted to run an Aegis Song of Ice and Fire or if I wanted to run, you know, maybe a, um, I don't know, we could just even do the crisis protocol. If I wanted to run an event, it sounds like that as long as I contact you and get the table space that you're you're pretty much down to run, you know, other events as well.
1: I am. I am. So, and I think, and that's, that's what excites me most. Um, I, I am aiming for the same number this year that we had last year. I'd like to see it be a bit bigger, but I'd like to see about 200 people. We were a bit shy last year from the 200, but a lot of that had to do with huzzah, as great as they are still having to host the magic pre-release and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so that cramped things. Um, this year I'm, I, I'm aiming to make sure we hit that 200 and then continue to grow. Yeah. Um, Look, uh, being straight up, I would like to see Spring Fling 2022 be a thousand person convention.
0: Yeah. And man, I tell you, and it's a great time of the year to do that because that time of the year, it's kind of past Adepticon, but it's not quite getting into Gen Con region. And the thing is, it's like I, I envision it being like having a lot of people, but to me, like Gen Con and Adepticon are these really kind of like huge nerd mecha events. So it's great that I think you're going to get this feeling of those events without the overcrowding. Like, I think it's just going to be way more enjoyable. Let's get a beer. Let's hang out and just play some games and not have to, you know, fight with, you know, thousands of people.
1: That's my goal. That's my goal. So I know people hate Facebook. (laughs) The what? I, I hate Facebook. <laughs> it pains me. It it pains me to no end that the most effective coordination and communication platform out there right now for conventions and events is Facebook. Yeah, it really does pain me. That said, Spring Fling Gaming Convention has a page. And have you been to the page yet, Pete? I, th- I think I remember you you going to the page.
0: Yeah, I looked at the page and I kind of checked out some of the posts that you put on there and some of the updates, and I'm just trying to keep up with it.
1: So I want to ask this. What do you think of our new logo? <laughs> Who designed that? So I, uh, I went out to 99designs. Um, in 99designs, great place. I highly recommend it. I ran a logo contest. Um, 99designs has a way. They have a flat a flat price. You pay them as a company. They have a big open group. Like anybody who's an who's a artist, designer, website design, all sorts of different designers and marketing can sign up. Uh, it puts up. Uh, I pay 99designs. 99designs puts up a cash prize. And runs uh, facilitates an entire contest. So I ran a twelve week design contest. Nice. Um, I gotta tell you, I am I am so not artistically sound. And uh, when this thing started, I was a little worried. Uh, I ended up having to pick. Like I, I was a little worried about. Oh, am I gonna get responses? Oh my god, am I gonna? What happens if I don't like? <clears throat> Excuse me. What happens if I don't like any any of the designs? I ended up with like 50 something. It wasn't quite 60, but I want to say it was like 58 or 57 designs to pick from. Yeah. And it was, it it got hard. Like my wife and I would sit here. Like my wife helped a lot with this. I would go through and I would pick out and I'd be like, I really like these 12. (laughs) And then she would go in and be like, well, I think that D20 should be a D8. What do you think about this color here? Oh, no, that's not good. Like, it got really in-depth. So the swoop you see on there was one of the things where I had given some feedback on a whole different set of designs to this particular designer. And uh, she came back. She's like, well, here's what you asked for. But while I was designing this, I had this other idea. So what do you think about this one instead? And I was like, ooh, I like that swoop. I like this other thing you did on this third design, and then off the design, we like so we were able to pull a bunch of stuff together. So I'm hoping people like it. It's it's the new SpringFling design. It's not going anywhere because I paid for it.
0: Yeah, so, I definitely like it a lot. Like like that's that's something where it's like you know you should put those on some T-shirts and sell those because I know a bunch of people who'd want to buy those.
1: Yeah, that would be a really good idea, wouldn't it? It would. I mean, the one thing that seems to be missing. With all the cool, just like out-of-the-way out stuff in the swag bag every year has been a, a, a T-shirt. I mean, we have glasses.
0: Yeah, I have a couple digits. glasses I'm staring at
1: right now. Yeah. I Man, I, that, that's a good idea, Pete. All right. Glad,
0: <laughs> I, glad I could help out the convention. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, the design looks cool. And yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of really cool stuff that I'm, and the fun part about spring fling is that you always do a great job of like updating. And like you said, you love spoiling stuff. And that's why it's just great to kind of sign up for it and then just see what, you know, you're almost tempting us with every, you know, couple of weeks or a month or whatever.
1: I am, I am trying to keep the word out there. So for the people who can, who can tolerate Facebook, sign up for the page. And then when you go to the spring fling gaming convention page, look on the left-hand side and you'll see uh, uh, just a line item says groups. Uh, There is a group now because I hate Facebook. The group is private. That way, anything that gets posted in there or that you post won't get broadcast out everywhere. Now, nice. Uh, Now, because it's private, I have to go in and I haven't assigned a moderator yet, so for right now, I'm the one approving everybody's accounts. So you know, give me a day or so after you sign, okay. after you click the join uh, to approve. But I'm trying to keep the harder core spoilers in the chat, and that's just oh, nice. gaming convention chat. Um, it has a white logo on the circle instead of the black logo, uh, but uh, yeah, between the two um the gaming convention page is all the public announcements and uh the chat is is where i just can't keep my mouth shut
0: (laughs) well good because everybody loves to get those uh those spoilers plus i mean i think that a lot of convention people should do that more often anyways just because that creates kind of this buzz that like you know yeah check out all this cool stuff that you're going to get because people want to know that they're going to get their money's worth when they go to these
1: events And I would say anybody who comes to the Spring Fling and doesn't feel like they got their money's worth, please find me. Face to face, don't punch me, but find me. (laughs) Yeah,
0: Chris, don't punch Bill.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Now, Now, okay, see, and that's the thing. I understand Chris is a little bit of heartburn, but I would challenge him to say he didn't get his money's worth.
0: Well, and here's the thing. I mean, Chris was a trooper at Spring Fling because he passed a kidney stone. <laughs> yeah. Like I, the second day I, of Spring I, Fling. I, oh, he was a trooper. <laughs> so, Bill, is there anything else you want to put out as far as information for uh, Spring Fling coming up? Just, you know, give it, maybe give us a timeline, like when we can expect to start seeing some stuff like sign-ups or, or different things like that.
1: So, I... For people that aren't aware, um, ticketing and things like that goes in a couple of phases. Phase number one is figuring out how the hell the tickets are going (laughs) to (laughs) work. In phase one is like one and a half where I reach out to specific media um, and usually... Try to get some commitment from from media and from companies that may not be media uh, vendors and whatnot um, that are going to run some things, right? So, so yes, I do find ways to work with you and, and all the rest of the media folk out there. Um, you know, it's it's been a number of different things through the years, and I try to keep that interesting because I I believe in podcasting and video casting and how important that is to our community. Yeah. Last year that session, that section ran from about the beginning. the media reach out started beginning in December and ran to the right after Christmas and then tickets went right on sale. Um, I am already reaching out to media now and I am working on the how our tickets gonna work now, uh, as we talked about before with the event sign up, which means I am hoping to get tickets on sale. I can't commit to this yet, but I am hoping tickets will go on sale uh, beginning of December, a month earlier than last year. And
0: looking at it, Bill, do do you have, do you have a hard price yet for the convention ticket prices? Or is that something that's still, you're still kind of figuring out some of, some of the
1: um, costs that you're going to have? I am 90% of the way there. Okay. Um, See, and this is, I, God, you're asking you're asking all the right questions, but but <laughs> yeah. I I I know what I want the ticket price to be. Well, let me I ask you this then: is I it the ticket price to be? And I'm still hugging those together.
0: Okay. Well, let me ask you this then: Am I going to spend more than seventy five bucks on my
1: ticket? I can almost definitively say no.
0: Okay. On, are we going south? Or are we going north of that number? I mean, a, I'm putting you on the spot here, but I, I'm just kind of getting a, get a guideline. There
1: is a 95% chance it will not be over $75, and it will not okay. be $75. Okay.
0: And I think for a convention for like the whole weekend, that's that's fair because any good convention, it's usually like anywhere from like $30 to $100 bucks a day, depending on the convention you go to.
1: And that's part of what I'm trying to work out is right now I have, I'm doing the one ticket. Um, I have to figure out how it's going to work for people that only want to come Friday or Saturday or Sunday.
0: Yeah. And I and know that's that really um, tricky. the way I've seen, like we have a scarab uh, convention up here in, or down here in uh, South Carolina and they kind of do it where, and I don't know how you're going to write a bill, but I would expect usually you can buy like a daily ticket, but usually those prices are a little higher just because it's like, okay, you're just buying the one ticket for that day. So it kind of offset some of the costs on your end.
1: And it's last minute. So, yeah. you know, a lot of that money that comes in ends up going into the investment for the next year or to pay off. So, funny thing about hotel space, hotel space is due. Like, I have to come out of pocket for all the hotel space before the actual convention. Yeah. So a lot of it will be at that point, where did we come in? And, and this is also why, so just behind the scenes. And I did one of these behind the scenes on gamers lounge for the spring fling 2019. And I planning to do a couple more behind the scenes as we get closer to spring fling 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause some of this is, I think interesting information. A lot of people might like to hear. Um, One of the big reasons that conventions and events put a cutoff date on reimbursements is exactly that. Like I have to come out of pocket through the year. Oh yeah. Before the convention actually starts committed to what we're going to pay.
0: Yeah. And it, it does stink when you think about it from the buyer's perspective. But if I just have like a ton of people back out, like the week before a big convention, then it's like, well, now I'm losing like a ton of money as opposed to just the amount that I'm expecting.
1: Right. Right. So there's there's a lot of little things like that. And that's where the day tickets, that's usually there a little bit more because they're covering whatever little gap was still left. Yeah. And you can't really count on the day tickets. Um, I, w- I would love okay. to say you could forecast day tickets, but there's really no good. You know, I was talking to a guy that runs a local convention here. Um, he was telling me he gets. 60 or 70 signups and can be anywhere between 120 and 220 people that show up for his events okay and i I was telling him i'm like i don't even know how you wrap your head around that type of forecasting like that is such a huge variance
0: yeah okay well i mean either way it sounds like to me and like i said if you're just a casual gamer that numbers might seem a little high as far as tickets go but like i said if you if you put it into like how much gaming you're doing in one day. I mean, it's really not that bad, especially like if you go to like a Depticon where you have to pay like 15 to 20 bucks, you know, for just an event you want to do and you're just saying, "Hey, just buy the ticket and let me know what you want to do."
1: So I did a lot of I did a lot of work in August and September looking at other similar style conventions. And I looked at what all those conventions charged, uh, sort of what's the ticket price that the community will bear uh, mm-hmm. for a good event. Yeah, um, I I go to several of these events and I love them. I pay a lot of money to go to Adepticon every year. Uh, Gen Con is, I mean, anybody who's gone to Gen Con, tickets alone are going to be a couple of hundred bucks. Yep. Um my goal is to make the base swag bag very, very good. Um, I'm not trying to bribe people in, but I want people to <laughs> – that feeling of dumping that swag bag out, I, I, I love that feeling. I want everybody to have that feeling. Well, I, I was going to say, problem. Bill,
0: your, your swag bag, I mean, it's not over the top just because up to this point you know, you've had a pretty moderate – you know, just a guild ball tournament type of attendance, yep. and even then, the swag bag has always been pretty much worth your ticket of you know admission.
1: And, and I'm I'm really glad to hear that because that's what I've been going for. And then on top of that, we have more this year. So try to make that swag bag bigger. Try to try to get to a point where you're paying. My goal is the ticket price is in line with any other convention similarly, you would go to, but you feel like you're getting more value out of it. Yeah, I, It's all about value. and oh, definitely. Uh, you know, they, they pick on Pat about that, but coming from a business <laughs> standpoint, it's, it's about value for the attendee. I want the attendee to be having just an absolutely fantastic time, and it's about value for the, the companies who are partnering with me, the people we would normally call vendors, who I very much view as partners
0: now last thing that I want to ask, so this is my last question Bill, and then I'll let you um I'll let you say anything else you want to mention before we we hang this thing up but so there's been certain conventions that are notorious for you know technology not being great, you know the wi fi sucks, you get no signal, so is that pretty good in this place or or is it kind of sketchy like some other places?
1: I't um, take I have-
0: any shots here at
1: anybody i had i had i had no wi fi issues even in the basement oh wow really yeah okay and uh on top of that, they have told me uh they're willing to beef up the wi fi if we start testing and find that it's bad
0: <laughs> interesting. I, interesting i
1: cannot i cannot stress enough how incredible this particular group at the washington dulles airport marriott has been like they nice. they have been amazing to work with incredibly accommodating and uh yeah i just i cannot wait to work <laughs> with them more you know, I would say, every, everything
0: you had bill because I, I was also just kind of wondering but definitely all the information you put out has me feeling like really excited about this event like I'm really excited to see what you're going to start kind of spoiling the next, you know,
1: upcoming so on, so many months. So, um, yeah, well, I would I would say this. Um, anybody who who Fridays are good days, anybody who was on the Spring Fling um, Facebook page today would have seen a post go up um, in the morning eh, between nine and ten that said a massive thank you to Anvilate Games for their returning support, partnering with the Spring Fling Gaming Convention. And it was a link to their, their Facebook page um, and that takes you to their website.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: Anvil 8 was there last year. Uh, they've been, you know, I'm, I'm good friends with the owners. Uh, Anvil 8 is committed to being there from the ground floor with us and going forward. They're the ones that have Ethereum and Ethereum, the role-playing game and Frontline No Comrades, and there may be another game coming that I may have gotten insight to. Um, nice. Friday between 9 and 10 is probably a really good time.
0: Just to check it out?
1: To check out the page. Um, nice. I, I might have scheduled posts for the next several weeks with other people who have already committed to uh, to partnering with the spring fling and uh, all of those partners are good people to check out normally. I think there'll be some, some surprises in there. And uh, yeah, I'm, I am excited every time I write one of these and uh, you can hear how excited I've been the, over the last two weeks.
0: All right. Well, any other parting blows or last minute information you want to give out uh build? I mean, I think one thing we actually need to say is the exact date of the event.
1: Yeah, we do. Actually, it's a little bit later this year. So May 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. It's the first weekend in May. Um, I will... Yes, I already have the dates for 2021 and 2022. We'll get those out. Let's worry about May 1st, 2nd, and 3rd right now. Yeah. Um, those were those were the dates we were able to lock down. I couldn't get the, the weekend before, which is what I was really aiming for this year. Um, but still within that spring break ish window and still not, you know, miserably hot in June and July and still pre convention season. So, um, yeah. What are the important things? So May 1st, 2nd and 3rd, 2021 Friday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, we will be setting up at one o'clock on Friday, Uh plan. If you plan to be there through the day on Friday, games should start, Games and events should start around 3. Nice. Um, running unofficially, running from then until close on Sunday. Uh, I, am not, I am not testing the kickout time on Sunday. Uh, we will be out of there probably between 6 and 7, if not earlier. Yeah. Um, for those of you who are like the Rage Quitwire guys, let me help you this year. It's Dulles Airport, not national.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, last year we went into the national one and, and Dulles was definitely closer.
1: Yeah. And it is way closer this year. Uh, oh, the wait, venue wait. is the Washington Dulles Marriott. Um take a look at uh, take a look at I, I, I will say this. Anybody who shows up in good 70s garb this year. I will do something for, and <laughs> and you'll get why that it will be fun when you look at the pictures of the lobby.
0: Nice. So, bring your Afro and bring your stash.
1: Yes, it's a very retro callback, which which I, I like. It's it's a it's a modern hotel, but it's got it's very comfortable. <laughs> um, I've been over to tour it multiple times now, and I'm I'm super excited. Uh, we have three rooms. Press me please pressure me to expand out to more rooms um uh, guild ball bring it like us yeah. guild ball this is this is it if if regardless of what we're going to do let's show those europeans that uh, you know 304 and 128 is cute but we know yeah. how to play this game and um, yeah, definitely if you if you you don't have to be in the area. However, it does kind of help for people that are game mastering certain games. If you're interested in volunteering um, in, in game mastering, running some games or helping out at the con, please reach out to me. Um, I'm going to give out an email. Uh, you can reach out to springflingcon, right? Spring, the word, fling, the word, C-O-N, at gmail.com you can also send me a message on facebook through the spring fling gaming convention page um that is the best the email is the best way that's all spring fling all the time in that email and it goes to gmail so that i can get it from anywhere yeah and uh let me know i am i am willing to work with people i have a small staff this year uh, it was kind of mind-blowing to have a staff at all last year uh, you know i've always had a handful of family and very close friends helping me out now i actually have staff moving up in the world bill uh, yeah yeah a little bit of power and i'll just talk for four hours <laughs> <laughs> so all
0: right well the you know. thing i would just reiterate before we hang up is just that hey come to it it's going to be a lot of fun lots of different games and I mean, it sounds like it's going to be a great place just to stay the whole weekend. So I'm definitely down for that. But I just want to thank you for coming on again, Bill. It's really great talking with you again. And I mean, this sounds like a really, really great event coming up.
1: Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. So uh, cool. Thank you for having me on. I I didn't get fined again, so I'm good to go.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that being said, make sure that you bring your dice and you throw some salt. And yeah, we'll go. We'll go hang out at Spring Fling.
1: Sounds good, bud.